Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family at Direct at gmail.com, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim, here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I couldn't be better. I'm doing just a little bit better than I was when we did the intro to Crawl Space a few minutes ago. <laughs> that is good to hear. And uh, Lance, in this episode, we speak to our buddy, Robert Lynch. He uh, has a Facebook group called Strength in Numbers. We've had him on the show here. We actually met him in person in the, the Wormtown Studios uh, back before the pandemic. Um, so so we, we've met him personally, and uh, we've had him on our live Get Vocal shows as well. Yeah, he's a great guy. Really, we have him on so that people can see his uh, positive energy, his motivation, his determination. He he looks into this case on his own time, at his own expense. After work, you know, he goes down to his basement where we interviewed him, where it's uh, sort of like a little cave down there, and he and he looks into this case. But again, the reason why we have him on is because he really exudes this energy and this positive motion, this positivity that should be more prevalent in the community and that's what we're trying to uh, perpetuate here 
All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure to join Robert's Facebook group. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to the podcast, Robert Lynch. How are you today, Rob? Doing fantastic, guys. How are you guys doing? Couldn't be better. Could not be better. Uh, it's always a delight to have you on. Uh, anytime I anytime I start to feel a little bit down about everything, like let's get uh, let's get Bobby Lynch on because he's gonna pump us back up. He's gonna uh, just inject that infusion of uh, energy into what could uh, be a very uh, anxiety ridden time right now. Uh, and you're looks like you're broadcasting from your uh, your superhero basement. Oh yeah, no, this is the the war room. I call it. It's my office. Oh. It's where I do all my videos for my group, uh, my research, all of that. I got some memorabilia, football stuff, and different stuff down here. It's uh, it's just a weirdo man cave, I guess. <laughs> is that a miracle uh, picture? Like miracle the the hockey team? No, no, that's the Julian uh, Edelman catch in the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. All right. Which I, was I, a miracle all in itself, for sure. Yep. But you always say you're always talking about miracle, and all right, it's right there. It's just football instead of hockey. Right, right. For anyone who doesn't know the reference, I always uh, imagine Robert Lynch as <laughs> the coach of the uh, United States hockey team. What was his name? I always forget his name. Herb Brooks. Yes, yes. And it was portrayed by Kurt Russell brilliantly in the movie Miracle. And uh, I always... I'm. It's not a joke. I know people think I'm joking. I always picture Robert Lynch as, as Herb Brooks, uh, just, you know, rallying. I think I have better pants than he did in that movie, but I'll take the compliment anyway. Thank you. <laughs> well, tell us about your uh, your Facebook group, Strength in Numbers. First of all, how can people find it and how is it going? Uh, and you, anyone can find it on Facebook. Uh, if you look up Maura Murray or just look up Strength in Numbers, you'll you'll come across it. Uh, it's, it's It's going well. I got about 450 members, uh, keeps me busy. A lot of the people on there are just really good hearted, good natured people want to try to make a difference. Uh, I don't have a lot of arguing or people cursing at each other or anything in there. It's pretty respectful and some good conversations and posts by everybody. So it's, uh, it's, it's going really well. It's, it's what I wanted to have it be. And, uh, I got no complaints. Okay. And so, uh, it's going really well. It's what you wanted it to be. Uh, can you um, elaborate just a little bit as to what it is that you want it to be? Well, it's it's a safe place where people can go and they can talk about Morris case without having to worry about uh, some of the trolling and, and things like that. It, it was the reason I started it in the first place was because it seemed everywhere I went, there were people just bickering and arguing, uh, throwing personal insults at each other, things like that. And so I wanted to make this a place where, you know, people wouldn't have to deal with that. They could post whatever theory they wanted, whatever their opinion was. There's no wrong opinion, you know, and they wanted to talk about it and, and flush out different ideas. And uh, it's that that's what I wanted it to be. And it's, it's going well. And like I said, the membership seems to be really nice, tight group, respectful of each other. Um, we all kind of network behind the scenes with each other too. So it's, it's a real team effort. It's, it's, it's a good thing. I'm really proud of it. 
yes, you really should be proud of it. And I think that's where my question really was aimed towards is the networking, the working together. Uh, and you just said that there's no wrong answer. Like there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. It's just the consideration. I'm, excuse me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but it's the consideration of everybody else's thoughts, feelings, theories, and flushing those out and seeing if something comes together. You might say something. I might say something. Uh, there might be six points in there that are completely inaccurate, but you might have one and I have one and they match, you know, and that could be something that propels a detail of the case forward. No, exactly. And that, that's, that's what it's all about in there that people can even, you know, I have my own opinions on different theories, but you know, and, and there's some theories I think are far one way or far the other. And, but if people want to talk about them and discuss them in a respectful manner, I have no problem with that. And I think it's a good thing. And we weren't there. We don't know exactly what happened. So anyone could be right. Anyone could be wrong. So I think it's all fair. Let everyone discuss what they want. And uh, then they go back and they try to do some researching and, see if they can prove or disprove. And you know, you know how it goes. It's an uphill battle with this case. So we just keep trying. You said uh, a respectful manner. I'm curious what that's defined as uh, to you in that group. Well, to me, it's just, you know, like I said, everyone, people have different theories. And uh, you guys and, and myself, we've talked about this before. People have, you know, different theories of the people that think more committed suicide, the people that think she was murdered, the people that think the police killed her, you know, and we're all in this community together. We all have different theories and opinions. We can talk about all of it and we don't have to get personal. You don't have to call someone a jerk or an asshole or whatever, because they don't agree with you because what that doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything to, to help find out what happened to Mora. And that's why we're all here. It's for Mora. It's not for our egos or anything like that. This, this is about her first and foremost. So the more we can work together and you know, if, someone says something and you, you think they're completely off the mark, you can just say, well, you know, that's interesting. Or why do you feel that way? And you, you, you know, you, you learn a little bit from people. And I've, over the last few years that I've had the group up, I've, I've been enlightened by things that people have said and, and dumbfounded by things that people have said, but it's all, it's all interesting and everyone has a right to feel the way they want to feel. So come in the group, feel free to express it. That's interesting. You said that uh, over the past uh, few years, past couple of years, you've been enlightened by some things that people have said. What stands out to you? Are there a couple of moments where, you know, it just kind of changed the way you were thinking or directed you in a more appropriate uh, manner to, to make a conclusion or, like you said, to enlighten you? Well, it's just sometimes somebody will say something that maybe you hadn't thought of, a small detail, something like that, that, that they'll say, you know, it was just like your most recent episodes with Mike. A lot of what he said was enlightening because of the things that I hadn't thought of before, uh, the positioning of the car and such, you know, we had talked about that a little bit earlier. It's just good to, to see, you know, because everyone comes from a different place and what they think about different facts about the case or I can't think of any specific thing off the top of my head, but it, it's, it's good when, you know, I have experienced it a bunch of times where you'll read something, either a comment or something that somebody posted. It, 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 enlightens you and that's that's an important thing is that's how we learn from each other so good point and uh you post a lot of the news in the case in your in your uh group on facebook uh every pretty much every new episode i think you post you'll post uh some blog posts or some interesting uh new thoughts or some even some happenings on different uh social media outlets Sort of whatever is going on in the case is is what you go what you post there and you get people's idea on it 
yeah, I try to keep an eye on everything. And sometimes there's slow periods with not much is happening. Sometimes it's really active. So I, I try to try to keep an eye on it. Uh, always posting you guys as new episodes, myself or my, my co-admin do that. So whoever sees it first, um, and that gets people talking, people chatting about the episodes and, uh, it's just good to keep people talking about more and talking about the case, keep that momentum going as best we can. Yeah. And what's been the, uh, the general feeling lately in the group, anything, uh, prevailing lately overall, any, uh, themes? No, not, not, not really. I mean, it's, uh, someone had, had actually made an interesting post about, um, you know, the, the fast pass thing on your window in your car that they used to be made by fleet. Apparently fleet bank used to make them back in 04. And, and they were at wondering, somebody was wondering, did more have one of those in her Saturn? So I thought that was fascinating. You know, do, do we even know that? And who would know that? You know, and I, I mean, there wasn't one on the, on the window in any pictures I've seen, but people could keep them in different parts of their car. They weren't as big actually when they first came out from what I remember. So that was an interesting tidbit, but, but no, not really. Most, most, most of the talk lately has been on uh, like you guys and the episodes you've been doing, the, the, two, the two you just did with Mike. One I know came out today, but the, the first one with Mike, a lot of people were talking about that. I was even talking behind the scenes with some people about that episode and just uh, how cool it was to hear his perspective. Yeah, actually very interesting that you mentioned the Fastlane Pass and uh, our, our conversation with Mike because we talked about the different routes that it would take to get up there. And 93, once you get into New Hampshire, there it's a toll route. I, I am not sure if 91 is a toll route. Is, is there tolls once you get into New Hampshire? No, the only tolls in Massachusetts are on the Mass Pike, and that goes east-west, not north-south. And there are tolls in New Hampshire, but they are all on the eastern side of the state, and that's uh, 95, the Everett Turnpike, Spalding Turnpike, and that's uh, New Hampshire 16. So, yeah, all kind of on the eastern side of the state. And none in Vermont. Uh, there's definitely tolls in New Hampshire on 93. The police likely, I would think, tracked that down to see if she was riding alone, maybe watch that surveillance video. But I would say if they did track that down, they know that she's alone or they know that she wasn't or it wasn't her or it doesn't look enough like her. Maybe it's sh- too shaky uh, to release for some reason. Or to just definitively say which route she was on at that particular time. That, that's what I mean by it was just an interesting thing someone had thrown out there. And I, you know, makes you go, oh, wow, you know, did she have one of those in her car? Maybe she didn't, but I think it's still worth asking the question. It, re- it really is. I, again, just for that, that point alone is that this was something that was brought up. It might not even have anything to do with anything, but I can't tell you the last time I thought about tolls until you just said that. Yeah. So so many details, especially when we were talking with Mike, so many details came up and I was like, I'm so embarrassed that I haven't thought about that in like three years. Like uh, the, the, the direction in which her car was facing, we always say these details like her car was facing the wrong way, uh, facing westbound in, in the eastbound lane. And we just kind of say it like it's just the fact and we move on. And Or uh, another good example was the... Um, when people differ about where the car actually came to a rest and, and where the dogs lost her scent, people in the early articles have said 100 yards. And we've always just said 100 yards. And then when we visited the site and we, you go to the tree that has the, the blue ribbon on it, um, 
it's much longer than 100 yards to where the dogs lost their scent from that tree. Uh, it's closer to 100 yards if you move it, if you move it up a little bit. Uh, but I've never, you know, it, you there you have these thoughts and then these details and then they just sort of become, I don't want to say arbitrary, but they're just sort of window dressing because you lose sight of things. No, exactly. And, and that's when I was listening to those to those two episodes that kept happening to me. I'm like, oh, man, I, you know, I haven't thought of that in a while or I never thought of that. And it, it was it was really it was just really, really interesting. It really got my brain turning. And that's uh, that's good. I mean, it, there's so much in this case. So much. De- you know, I mean, we, we, we it's funny. It's like we have nothing. But what we do have is exhausting to look over with all the different the theories and the different suspects and the, the, the strange people in the area and stuff like that. It, it's so much, like you say, the window dressing stuff, you kind of, it kind of falls by the wayside, not on purpose. It's just stuff you don't think about anymore. I want to say that, uh, that we did get an answer back from law enforcement, uh, way back in 2016, I think when we submitted these questions and, uh, they did say that they believed Mora was heading eastbound on route 112. And they said all evidence collected to date points to Mora as being the driver. Just wanted to point those things out. I think that would m- determine that they suspected she was on 91 at one point or went up that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I would say so. And that answer was provided by the uh, assistant attorney general's office. Was that Agati who wrote those answers? Yes, that was Benjamin J. Agati, senior assistant attorney general. This was, uh, I think, in 2016. Yeah, they were very, very uh, gracious of them to even consider answering a uh, a podcast questions about a open investigation. And uh, that's pretty telling too. I, I keep saying that's pretty telling and I hate it when people say that and I want to punch myself in the face for saying it, but it is, it is interesting when they say all evidence collected to this point or all evidence collected has, points to Mora being the driver of the car. Yeah. All evidence collected to date points to Mora as being the driver. Yep. And they said they believe she was headed eastbound on Route 112. So they admit they don't know for sure, obviously. Um, so, yeah, so that there's kind of a little... You can you can kind of read between their lines with the words they use there, obviously. You know, all evidence collected means that's all the information they have up until this point. doesn't mean something couldn't come along um, and say that Moore wasn't driving. But all evidence collected to date means that she was, you know. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. 
Okay. And, uh, and Robert, you wanted to talk a little bit about the Murray family's call to action. Can you uh, tell, a little, tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, I, I posted it in the group and I know it's been, it's been shared. I think uh, some different members of the community shared it on Twitter. Uh, it's been on Reddit. So people may, may have heard of this, but I just wanted to put it out there again. That um, So as most people know, the Murrays are trying to get a historical marker placed up by the tree so they can save the tree from being cut down. I, from what I understand, the landowner who owns the, the, the actual tree wants to uh, cut it down. And the reasons for that, I don't know. I didn't get into that, but so uh, the, the, Julie and the family are trying to get a, a historic marker put there, which would prevent anyone from cutting the tree down. So uh, they did the, uh, the Blue Ribbon Initiative to get the signatures. They got over the 3,000 that they wanted, um, and they submitted it to the state of New Hampshire. But I guess the, the best way to help now is to go through the Division of Historical Resources up in New Hampshire. Now, if you go to the... Uh, the Murray's official site, which is www.moramurraymissing.org, and, and click on the call to action link. I think it's in the menu there. Tells you some different ways you can help. You can email this uh, government department. You can um, write letters to it. You can call them just to try to give an extra push to let them know that, you know, we're serious about this and it's, it's important to the Murray's, so it's important to us to try to get that historical marker and save the tree. Um, I understand that the, the Speaker of the House of New Hampshire is, is, is on board with it as well and is in favor of having this done. So it's moving forward in the right direction and we just got to keep our foot on the gas with it. And uh, hopefully we can get this done for the family and um, save the tree. You know, I think it's forever, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I apologize if I missed it. Um, the tree is on private property? Apparently, yes. And the the owners of that property are concerned uh, to the amount of traffic that would uh, um, that would end up, uh, I guess, sort of gathering there. Well, I, we all know the stories about the the locals in the area, and they don't like people going up there. And there's no parking signs and no trespassing signs everywhere, which is their right to do. And I understand that; I can see both sides of it. But um, from what I was told, they want to cut the tree down, and um, Julia had even offered to buy the land, and they said no. And then she said she'd do like a hundred year lease on the land. And they said, no. So the next step to go to, to definitively save the tree is to get the historical marker, have the state step in. And then it's, it's safe from being cut down. Um, I'm sure that's not the direction they wanted to go, but you know, push comes to shove. It's the only way. It's the only way. I might have a rare dissenting uh, uh, opinion on this. I, I, I personally don't support the tree remaining there with a with a marker. I think I think that area has been exhausted. I think the people there are exhausted and I think if you were to raise awareness and raise funds and uh to to put something to memorialize Mora, you can find another spot. I I think that only brings more uh negative attention there unfortunately. I I I I do apologize for not supporting a cause for the family, but I can't I can't uh I can't pretend to condone that 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 I support that because the the neighbors there don't want it there. They don't want it. <laughs> you know, it's it's not and and it sucks that she got into the accident right there, but there can be another spot. There there can be a, the I think Tim you had the idea of putting something at Beaver Pond or um you could even put something at UMass. Like 
that the area that she crashed will always be there. It doesn't have to be a tree. It, and I know in the past I've said it's all they have, but I've thought about it. I've thought a lot about it, and it's not all they have to remember Mora. That that's all they have to remember a negative moment in Mora's life. I can I can see I can see your point on that, and uh, I guess we'll agree to disagree on that. I I, I just I think if it's important uh, to them to, to have the tree there, and and they go there and they they pray or do whatever they do, and then who am I to say? that that's not a good idea but i do understand your take as well you know so we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one i still love you though lance <laughs> well i think i think you're a moron <laughs> for disagreeing well, well debate is, is a wonderful thing um and uh what, what do you know what the marker is there's the historical marker is there supposed to be something brought in other than um just uh keeping the tree there i don't know if it's something like like a plaque sort of thing, maybe on a pillar or something. I don't know exactly the design of it. Don't, don't, you know, take me at my word for that, but it would just be something that it, sa- it says something about that. Mora had crashed there and it's the last place she was seen, something like that. I don't know the wording though. I don't even know if they've gotten that far. Okay. So it wants to be like a historical landmark as in, this is the spot where this happened uh, in the state of New Hampshire. From what I understand. Yes. Oh, okay. I understand it a lot more now after talking it out. Uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, that that the, the traffic would be would be uh, make it a little bit challenging. I would say because the goal of a historical landmark is to visit it, right? Which, I would think so. You know, and th- and that doesn't mean there's not uh, solutions there if they're going to do that to, for parking. You know, because I think that's one of the major complaints of the locals up there, and some of them we've met and are lovely, um, and some of them you know we've had uh, limited opportunities to meet. Um, so yeah, I can see both sides of this too, but yeah, I, I envisioned like a statue of Mora at Beaver Pond Lake because I thought that would be a nice place. There's plenty of parking up there and you can get a statue of her running, you know, in her, uh, UMass, uh, or even, uh, I don't know, high school Jersey or whatever. Whitman Hanson. Yeah. No, that'd be great too. I, I think that's something that people would really donate for too. And I have no idea how much it costs to put something like that or create something like that. Probably like a hundred grand. I have no idea, but you'd have to find an, like an artist that does that. And I don't like, like you said, I don't, I don't know either how much something like that would cost. I'm sure it's not cheap. Right. So let me, don't, don't let me get over my head uh, with this idea. Lance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, uh, yeah. something, something simple, like a plaque on a, on a stone or something at, at Beaver Pond. But uh, again, I I just keep going back to, oh, you know, maybe maybe um, Jigger Johnson, you know, one of the places that, that there are good memories. There's there's a lot of evidence that she had very positive moments, very good memories uh, up there in the White Mountains. Uh, maybe one of the trails that her and her dad hiked. Um, I, I'm still a big supporter of uh, coming up, like starting some sort of fund that would uh, maintain trails up there in Mora's name. People go there once or twice a year and they, they maintain some of the trails and, and money's raised for the case or raised to maintain a trail because I, I, I've never met Mora, but I feel like that would be something that someone who's a avid hiker, a runner, uh, an outdoorsy type person would appreciate. There's, there's so much like positive things that can go into uh, something so tragic. Right. No, I agree with that. And I, I've, that's some of the things I've been tossing around myself more recently is because um, I talk to a lot of people in the community and they're always asking me what, you know, what more can we do? You know, is there any more we can do? And I, I, I keep racking my brain trying to think of something just like you said, you know, the, maintaining the trails. That's a great, great idea. And it's, it's something I think that Mora would have appreciated. 
So, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe we can come up with something because people really want to be active and they want, they want to try to do, to do something. I know you guys have talked about uh, like the 5k race idea, the statue, you know, I think, I think they're all good ideas. So like you said, let's bring something positive from such a negative situation. Yeah. And uh, I think the family, the Murray family obviously needs to be heard too. And I think it's, um, really significant that they do want that spot, you know? So I, I agree. It's, uh, you know, I, I feel, I do feel the need to support them, um, in, in wanting that, you know, I, I desire something. Um, I don't know what though. I don't know that that's the best answer either. Um, I can see the reasons why not. So then the call to action here they put on their website is to call New Hampshire historical resources and their staff. Email the, uh, the director of the division, and uh, or, or call the office or write a letter to uh, to them expressing your you know your support. I think it doesn't matter if you're a resident of New Hampshire; it could be from anyone. So it's just one more way people can 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 help and be supportive of uh, what, what the Murrays are trying to do. There has to be some way to safely memorialize her. You know, they're probably not going to build a parking garage there for um <laughs> and the westmans are probably not going to donate their parking lot uh there so those probably those two things are probably out so as far as it being a tourist spot that definitely puts the state of new hampshire in a in a tough position right no i i understand that so it'd be a tough decision for them to make either way how often have you made a trip up there i haven't i still have I'm not su- been up there i'm surprised let's go I'm surprised. Let's go sometime. Little road trip. There's nowhere to park, so why would I go? Up there? <laughs> but no, no, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm still. I know the last time I was on with you guys, I said I hadn't gone, and I'm always planning to go, and I am still planning to get up there at some point. Uh, I'm not trying to make excuses or anything, and I even get shit from people. They're like, "You've never been to the crash site." Okay, you know it's. it's People have actually given me shit about it. Well, I'll tell you what. There's there's not a whole lot that you can get there in person that you wouldn't be getting uh, doing a Google Earth experience. It's Right now on Google Earth, you can go there, and people have taken pictures of that turn. There's probably half a dozen little dots there, and you can see pictures that are, you know, span a few months. from. You know, they're, they're pretty recent. Um, no, I, I, I know, but I've, I've always felt that I, I, I kind of owe it to her to go more than myself. So I will get up there. Like you said, it's, it's not going anywhere. So I'll go with you guys. We'll pick up Renner. We'll, we'll carpool. So Robert, tell us about your relationship with Curtis. Do you, uh, you chat with Curtis Murray a little bit? Yeah, I talk with Curtis a little bit here and there. Uh, it's, it's not like a weekly thing or anything like that, but um, him and I talk with a good frequency. I would say uh, I consider him a friend. He's, he's a, he's, he's a great person. He's a good guy. And, uh, very, very nice guy. And I, I enjoy talking with him. And we don't just talk about the case and stuff. We talk about other stuff, uh, you know, football, stuff like that, our jobs, things like that. Uh, he's a hardworking dude. I give him that. Every time I reach out to him, he's working. So, and then I feel bad. But uh, yeah, he's, um, he's a good guy. One of the best. So, When did you start to talk to him on a more regular basis? And how did you even, um, I guess, breach that relationship? Well, I, I had reached out to him. wasn't too long after the first episode I did with you guys, so it would have been a year and a half ago, something like that. And I just said, um, 
he had commented on the episode. He had said, thank you for doing it. Um, I thought what you said was great. And we just started texting back and forth. And then it was, um, I said, you know, you want to talk on the phone sometime. So we, we would talk. And then every time, like when they were uh, talking about the different testing and different things they were going to try to do, DNA testing, stuff like that, which all got stopped because of the COVID. I had, I had reached out to him then, you know, how's, how are things progressing, stuff like that. And then we just started talking more frequent. And like I said, it got more on a, a friendly level, more than just here's Rob Lynch asking about my sister's case, you know, so. We, we talk pretty, we talk a little bit. I reached out to him like I, uh, the other day was his birthday. So I reached out to him and said, Hey, happy birthday. I'm sure you're at work or whatever. And he, he said, no, I get the day off. So that was, that was nice to hear that you got to enjoy some time. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's great. And he's, uh, he's a very humble guy. You guys have met him, you know, he, and he's, he's always thanking me for, for everything with, you know, I'm trying to do. And, uh, which, you know, I keep telling him, you know, you, you don't have to thank me. You know, you already have, but he's just, he's just a, he's a class act. Good kid. He is. Yeah. Yeah. We've met him and yeah, we get the same feelings there. Uh, great guy for sure. I'm curious about what uh, your family thinks about this uh, because uh, I'm sure you share it with your family that you are part of this group and well, you you founded this group and the 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 mystery of Morris disappearance. Do you do you talk to them about it, or is this something that you just sort of keep in your uh, in your underground layer? Well, <laughs> my girlfriend Trish tries to get me out of the underground layer as much as she can, uh, but she but she um, she knows I'm committed to this. I think sometimes she thinks I'm crazy, but she but she knows she knows my heart's in the right place. I'm trying to do the right thing. I think she gets worried that it's going to consume me. Sometimes, and I've I've had to take breaks periodically just to 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 put the case down and get away from it because it it can be a little obsessive, as you guys know and a lot of us know. But um, no, she understands it. My my daughter's thirteen, and she uh she thinks it's a great thing, and you know thinks the world of me trying to help. And uh, my stepdaughter's eighteen, and I think she she doesn't say it, but I think she she thinks it's like cool to to try to help out and. But they're always like, you know, do you, do you ever think you'll find answers? Or And I say, I don't know, but I'm not going to stop trying. But I, I think they get it. And I have, uh, uh, my my brother is in law enforcement, so I talk to him about it sometimes. And he's uh, he's interesting to bounce things off of because he's got the law enforcement perspective. So, but they, they all get it. I think they all respect it. But it's my little thing. You know, it's not, they don't really get involved. And what does your brother-in-law uh, have to say, be, be, coming from the law enforcement perspective? No, it's my brother. Uh, oh, sorry. It's funny. He actually rented a house with his family, and it was like three miles from the crash site. And he told me after, like when he came home. And I'm like, what? Why didn't you tell me? You, you were right there. <laughs> no, it's just a tree with a blue ribbon on it. What's the big deal? And he's like, I've driven by it before. And I'm like, what? You have, but I haven't? <laughs> but he, uh, no, he he just said that I think his, his theory, and he doesn't know all the details of the case, but he seems to prescribe with what uh, Mr. Murray says that some local dirtbag picked her up and killed her. He said she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, I know more about it than you. And I think that could be something else. And he's like, well, you look all you want, but he goes, that's probably exactly what happened to her. Is he just speaking out of experience and things that he's heard um, from other cases? I believe so. Yeah. He he's pretty um he's pretty cut and dry for the most part his personality so 
he's just like, no, someone picked her up. And uh, he said it was probably one person because no one else has ever said anything. And they killed her and where they put her, who knows? I'm curious about that relationship uh, that you have with him. Does he ever tell you uh, to back off of a cold case? Has he ever expressed concern that you might be, uh, you know, digging a little too deep or anything? No, I mean, he gives me little advice. Like, he, like I wrote a letter to the um, attorney general's office up in New Hampshire a long time ago. And he, you know, he told, tells me things like, that's not going to do anything. They're not, they're, they probably won't even open your letter. You know, he's like, they're not going to give you any information. They're not going to tell you anything. The police aren't obligated to tell you anything. He said they're holding back a lot of what they have because it's an active investigation. And he goes, they may well know who killed her, but they don't have the evidence to prosecute. Um, he was surprised, though, that the, like the liquor store footage was never released. They released the ATM footage, but not the liquor store footage. Because he said, usually if they give you one of those, they give you the other, unless there's something on. So I, th- I found that interesting when he said that. I said, oh, I never thought of that. And I said, what, like someone following her or something? This could be anything. But him having the law enforcement background, he, he kind of looks at it in a different way. You know, he, he doesn't get emotionally involved in it. But uh, he's never told me to back off. He just, you know, he says, don't let it, don't let it drive you crazy. There's paid people that get, they get paid to do it that are working on it. So. Yeah, who haven't been able to to solve it too? So don't feel bad. Um, d- yeah, d- don't uh, be too hard on yourself. Um, you know, because because th- there's a reason it's it hasn't been solved. Oh yeah. And um, and Robert, what, what do you think about the latest uh, social media? Um, I guess uh, dust up. I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. Like what? What, what are you referring to specifically? I turned to you for, as Lance uh, mentioned earlier, I, I turned to you for the positive outlook on any of this. So I'm not really speaking specifically. Are you talking about like activity on Reddit and Twitter and such? Sure. Well, I have a, I have a weird relationship with Reddit. I don't, I don't typically comment. I'm kind of just in there lurking around reading different posts and stuff. And uh, it's, it seems to be a lot of troll activity in Reddit. I think it's always been that way. Um, and that's unfortunate. There's some good people in there with some, some great comments and things, but I don't typically look for anything of substance in there where, where you can go other places. Uh, Twitter isn't bad. Um, I mean, so, sometimes you see some stuff, but uh, you know, MZ gags is on there. She's pretty positive. Uh, Jamie cook has some nice posts that he puts out. Um, I've even read some of John Smith's posts that, that are, that are pretty good. And, and it, it doesn't seem to to get to the vile level that you see see in other places. And and, and Facebook is pretty good too. I mean, I, I concentrate mainly on on my group in Facebook, but I do I do check out the official one and uh, some of the other ones as well. And um, some of them get get pretty quiet sometimes, and when there's not much going on. And I I know that the world is turned upside down right now, and everyone's struggling, and they got different things going on with their jobs, and kids not in school, and such like that. So. I understand it, but I, I think it's, I think like the whole trolling in the whole community is, uh, it's slowed down a little, which is nice. It's a nice change. And why is it, do you think that the dust is sort of settled there? I, I don't really know. I mean, it, the, the whole, the whole trolling and the, the negativity you see sometimes it, it, it's always there and it, it it's like waves. It, it comes and it goes. And, you know, when you think it's, when you think, okay, well maybe it's subsided, it, it usually comes back and sometimes it's more forceful than, than other times. I don't, I don't know why it stopped now, but I'm just, I'm, I'm glad it kind of has. I, I think if everyone just gave everyone a little more charity, you know, and, and just 
weren't so, I mean, I understand that being passionate about the case because I'm, I'm passionate about it myself, but I, I don't feel, I don't, I've never felt that I need to tear other people down to show how passionate I am. And then that's a lot of what happens. And it's unfortunate. person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers, but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.